Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we are uh, still in the midst of Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. I Happy know, Easter. Yeah, a lot of people are, you know, my Easter basket's empty at this point, so. The bunny uh, just left. He had, yes. a, he had a cup of coffee with us. That's right, that's right, that's right. But uh, cool dude. But still, we, we still celebrate Easter, and you know the Easter uh, lilies in the church start to look a little strained a little rough you know this time of year but still he has risen you know so yes. it's just Hallelujah. we still celebrate uh and and i love the uh i love the readings and I, I i i love the fact that this um this weekend as we hear the readings that the church has uh placed before us that we really see a theme of love uh and i don't know that in a while we've done a show about love so this is going to be our um, Tina love Turner show. special edition. What's love got to do? What's got love to do got with to do with it? Or we could just, <laughs> or we could not do that, and we'll just talk about. Yeah, we can. We'll just like what love is and what love is not. We can spend some time on love, uh, but I think it's important that we talk about love um, because what the world thinks love is and what. The church teaches that love is what God reveals that love is. I mean, they're diametrically opposed, mm-hmm. uh, and so so maybe we should spend some time doing that. Um, we'll rev- uh, let's review the readings that that we have this this uh, weekend. The first reading, uh, as we are in um, the eight Sundays of Easter, we have the uh, um, the mystagogia, right? All those people coming into the church. Here, the the first reading is always from the the uh, early church. Uh, New Testament, Acts of the Apostles, basically the story of the church growing mm-hmm. at at the time. And so uh, that's where we are in the Acts of the Apostles in the 10th chapter, starting at verse 25. I'm not going to read it, but basically uh, this is where um, Peter is teaching the people uh, that it's okay, in fact encouraged, and now Holy Spirit blessed that we should baptize Gentiles. Right, so you might think like, well, what's love got to do with that? Um, it, that? That really is about the Holy Spirit and love, and this message of love and inclusion to all that that God's salvation is for all, not just that select few, because that's a that's a a constant theme in the early church. Universality, yes, Catholicity, if you will. Yes, let's go there. Let's just we'll go ahead and go there. You know, both feet in Catholicity. Yes. Um, but where we really specifically start getting into love is in the second reading, which is uh, uh, the uh, first letter of John, and uh, starting at verse 4. Uh, and it does say this, Beloved, I love that because it's beloved. Beloved, right? Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that we he loved us and sent his son as expiation for our sins. Right? And this is like, it's the gospel message, just the mm-hmm. kerygma. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine 
the morning with if, when the apostle John, if if that if the phrase you know because there are certain things like the Trinity came. Uh, phrases like the Trinity we take is just you assume it's in the Bible but it's not and it was the church it was something that was revealed through prayer over time in the church and the right. phrase God is love you know it might have been that Jesus has u- had used that phrase while he walked the earth that's not recorded as Jesus saying those words it's recorded first in John but could you imagine he wakes up with his morning coffee in ancient times and it hits him like a thunderbolt you know as he's praying and meditating you know, God is love. I, <laughs> you know? I have it on uh, good authority that he actually was reading Pope Benedict's encyclical <laughs> Deus Caritas Est. You know, Pope Benedict is he's an older gentleman, or, uh, Holy Father, and uh, previous uh, emeritus, and uh, and so I think he was reading God is love. Even that he was running a bumper sticker factory, and trying to come up with cute short quips that he could use. Uh, those probably are not true. Neither of those. <laughs> but could you but imagine actually, a bigger earth-shattering yes. revelation than saying we can take all of Christianity and we can sum it up in three three words? words. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly right. And and uh, it just tells you the Holy Spirit was present. Oh yeah, right. So as he's having his morning coffee, yes, <laughs> he's having coffee with the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Right. The same Holy Spirit that Peter says we need to be allowing all of these Gentiles to be. Uh, part, participate in the sacrament of baptism, right? right? So, yes, exactly right. I can't imagine just how uh, profound that simple, short statement is. And it says so much about who God is, what God is, yeah, right? And, and what God intends, what God reveals, and then who we are. Right. Right, so God is love. It's, it, that is action-packed and power-packed and full uh, and then we have John also uh, provides our gospel for this weekend, the sixth Sunday of Easter. John chapter 15, 9 through 17. Here, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I I have heard from my father. Mm. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain. So whatever you ask the father in my name... He may give you this. I command you: love one another. I mean, that's some that is powerful stuff, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times, people, I, I joking about uh, a Deus Caritas Est, you know, the sure. first encyclical of uh, Pope Benedict, when you know, as, as Holy Father, when he did that, um, you know, a lot of people look at that and like, wait, this was like this is supposed to be the Church's Rottweiler, mm. right? When 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 Pope Benedict was elected, right? Because Joseph Ratzinger. You know, was known as I mean, Congregation of Doctrine of the Faith, and he was the Great Inquisitor, basically. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, and so people were like, "Going, I don't know, holy cow, what's going on here? This yes. is not looking good." And then he comes out. His first encyclical is, "God is love." <laughs> you know, and you think like, "Is that weak?" But no. See, what I love about that is it's so strong. It goes back to the very heart of who God has revealed Himself to be, yeah, and what love actually is. Mm-hmm. So that when we hear from the world, you know, what's love got to do with it? It's a secondhand emotion, you know, to quote a great prophetess. You know. uh, it's like, it's what God 
has revealed about love is so radically different than what the world presents about love. Yes. Right. And what what that love is. So maybe we should spend let's let's, let's spend a few minutes and talk about like what love is not. I mean, I would say there's been sort of an attack on the definition of love going back to uh, the, the well, I'm sure from the from the beginning, okay. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of recent memory, in terms of like branding and commercial culture and and uh, just cultural influences, the first thing that comes to mind is the hippie culture in the 1960s with this definition of love just being this sort of warm, fuzzy. There doesn't require much in the way of discipline or sacrifice. It's just this sort of ill-defined <laughs> approach yeah. to love. Where it's about putting flowers inside guns during protests, and and you know, and hey, the world (laughs) needs now, right? Exactly, (laughs) sweet love. That's the answer. And well, and it becomes it's one of those things where you listen to that type of stuff, or you watch a romantic comedy, even, and it's easy to get caught up in that sort of stuff and say, "Ooh, I want that," and that is what we need, you know. Uh, You know, here's what they want to do, but here's the thing: yeah, when they want to do it. It's the self, yeah, exactly. The freedom. Well, but that's love. where that's where it leads, I think. And the and the the hard part about this is, yeah, we should put flowers in guns. <laughs> right? I mean, there, <laughs> yes, the, yes, the, it, yes. it is based in truth. There is right. there is some truth, but what ends up happening is it becomes oversimplified. Yes, because I, I think what ends up happening is you start to see what the world thinks love is. Like the world thinks love is a feeling mm-hmm. or an emotion. Right. When in fact, you know, yes, it can be emotional and, and and love can affect your feelings, affect your emotions. Right. But they are not love does not come from your 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 feelings or your emotions, which is backwards of what you know, it's like when when the boy meets the girl and he's got this this feeling. Yeah. It's like, well that's love. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, so that's attraction. <laughs> well, it permeates right? even, right. you know, uh, thoughts of heaven, you know, within our culture. It's very common for people to think that heaven is just whatever I want. You know, heaven right. is there's trees that have donuts in them because God knows I love donuts. And so he's going to give me donuts. But right. at the end of the day, you know, loving is not pleasing. They're not one and the same. Any parent who's had to discipline their child knows that. You know? right. Yeah. And there's no way that God's going to order the afterlife just around sort of our love of donuts. You know? Right. Like, that's yeah. not his character. It's not how he's raising us through the Holy Spirit. And it's not how he's going to sustain us for eternity. And that same way, love is not about pleasing. It's like, it's not, it's not about making other people happy. Yeah. Right? Because you end up having a destructive relationship with that person when it's all about essentially enabling a, uh, an addict. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, I would, I would call it like the clean needle program. I mean, you're just basically helping them kill themselves in some respects. We have to be careful with how we uh, do love in that way. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if we see it as like, you know, being their friend and giving them yeah. what they're asking for, they're not asking for the right things. Sometimes love is setting boundaries. Sometimes love is setting no, saying no. You know, yeah, it can be tough. It can be difficult. It can be hard. So I would also say that love is not easy. No, yes, right. So for the recipient or the giver, either one. So the world says love is not. Are easy. you saying that the world says love is easy? We're saying that love is not easy. Jesus didn't say if you guys don't want to have fun, you cannot be my apostles. Yeah, he might have in, in, <laughs> in the woke Bible. If there is, if there is such a thing. So my disciples. I'm sorry, some, yes. Something else the, the world says about love uh, is that that you know what people fall out of love all the time. You know, they just they don't they're not in love anymore. Mm-hmm. I fell out of love, so that love is passing. 
Yeah. Love is not, you know, love is not eternal. We believe that love is eternal because it comes from an eternal source. And so just in the same way that you would know a great artist by his artwork, mm-hmm. right? You know a Van Gogh, you know a Monet, you know whatever uh, Rembrandt. When you see one, it's like, that's a Rembrandt, yeah. right? Well, you know that if God is love or God revealed love to us, God made love, well, then you know that that love is going to be the same attributes of God. Which is going to be eternal. And it's not. Right. It's not to say that it's it's bad to have butterflies in your stomach when you're with the person that you love, or that to have warm fuzzies, you know, as part of your experience, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, those things have to be ordered around God. You can't order your love around those things. That's yes. the difference. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So we have more to talk about about what love. Uh, is and is not uh, when we come back we're going to uh, take a break um, and before we take that break I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website thecatholiccafe.com also I would love to hear from you Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com and like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comments on them. It makes a difference. You should love us on Facebook. <laughs> love and, uh, us. Love our comments. Love our comments. Right. Amen. We'll be right back. <laughs> And this is another great moment in church history. Little is known about the details of the life of St. Lucy. She lived in Syracuse in Italy in the early 4th century. One tradition tells us that her mother raised her to be a pious and holy young girl. She prayed fervently and often. St. Lucy decided at a young age to consecrate herself to God, but she did so secretly because she thought her mother would not approve. In fact, she had already made arrangements to have St. Lucy married to a wealthy and influential pagan in town. However, her mother, who had been ill for a very long time, was miraculously cured after her daughter prayed for her at the tomb of St. Agatha. She was so thankful to God for this blessing that when she discovered that St. Lucy wanted nothing more than to live as a bride of Christ, she eagerly and thankfully gave her approval to her daughter's willingness to live out her vocation. Her rejected suitor, however, was not as thankful, to say the least. When he heard what had happened, he gave St. Lucy's name to the local governor and told him she was a Christian. This was, in effect, a death sentence, as Christians at this time were being persecuted, most being subjected to unimaginable torture and painful deaths. Tradition tells us that St. Lucy's eyes were gouged out. In fact, she is usually depicted in artwork holding a plate with her eyes upon it. But even though she was blinded in this horrible way, St. Lucy would not recant her love of Christ. Finally, after much suffering at the hands of her persecutors, she was eventually martyred. The name of Lucy literally means light, and it was evident that even though she was blinded, she could still see clearly the light of truth that shone brightly in the fledgling church of the 4th century. And her clear vision can serve as a tremendous example for us. In fact, she has been named the Patroness of the Blind. We can all, in a sense, be blinded, blinded by the allurement of sin, and it is only through the mercy of God that we are healed. It is only through the light of Christ that we can truly see again. 
St. Lucy is one of the many Catholic saints who can help us see that light. By following in her brave and holy ways, we too can be healed of our blindness. Her feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on December 13th. I'm Bess Drozemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Ziggy. That's me. What's Ziggy got to do with it? And, of course, uh, Patrick as well. Can't top that. No. Can't yeah, do it. you probably could actually, but wouldn't we're, be prudent. We're, yeah. <laughs> Not gonna do. That's how I want to introduce myself from now on. It's just the yeah. Go ahead. That'll make lots of friends. Anyway, so we're we're you talking those about two and the whale. We, <laughs> there you go. We are talking about love, uh, the weekend of love. It's a weekend of love. Do you have any hashtags for us, Tom? No. No. <laughs> Because I know you wear a t-shirt that says hashtag love is love right yeah, there. Yeah, you can see me doing that, can't yeah, you? Yeah, no, I actually can't yeah. see you doing that. You'd probably um, pay me to do it. No, I wouldn't pay you to do that. Uh, but anyway. You'd have to. When, when, but when we see that, again, at the heart of hashtag love is love, which I don't, is it totally old man of me to even say hashtag? But but if it's like at the heart of love is love, at that of that concept, I, I get that there actually is a desire yeah. for goodness and a desire for love, albeit imperfect, at the heart of that. Yeah. It's just what happens. It's misguided. It ends up, and then it ends up going, it's like spills out into the wrong places. It's the hippie love you were talking about earlier. Yeah, but it's, so it's the 60s and 70s come to yeah. to, to live in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, there, I've read a book about uh, heresies called the, it's called the Judas Syndrome. And it's like, there are no new heresies. Mm-hmm. It's all still here. Yeah. Right there. Everything that's now is still, it's just from, you know, Jesus's time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that, that those same heresies are alive. They just have they different just have hashtags names. now. They have hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag Jensenism. You know, it's like, you just, you just don't see it as much that way. It's a, it's a whole different thing. And so I, I get the difficulty of all this. And so I don't want to, I don't want to diminish the fact that there are human beings that are, that are seeking love, that really are seeking uh, goodness, and they want good things. But God's going to encounter us wherever we are, and if we're trying to do the, our best to will the good of others, He's going to work within that context. But we all still need clear messaging about what love is, right? And if we don't understand what love isn't, we're going to get trapped easily yeah. into into the world's vision. Uh, you know, another thing that love is not is man made. Yeah, right. You can't make love happen. You you can't force love. You can't manufacture love yeah right essentially it's god made because all love flows from god through his son but also through each one of us the baptized yeah i mean and that's we are conduit conduits for god's love it's not it's not just uh your our brain chemical thing you know i mean again people i think to try to reduce it to just some sort of a scientific phenomenon as opposed to God eternal or a feeling or a feeling exactly as opposed to God eternal piercing the veil into the temporal right. and working through us to touch history yeah. still to this day. Mm-hmm. So also God is not bought and sold. No. Now that may come as a shock to people who 
uh, just had their tables turned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I just, I, you know, I just think that uh, that we're in a we're in a culture right now. I mean, we all know that like things like pornography and prostitution oh, and uh, child trafficking, all these are horrible, horrible things, and they're and they're things that that go against the very nature of love. Mm-hmm. But they're essentially it's like buying and selling a feeling, buying and selling a, a, an emotion, or uh, and then people can actually pervert that into buying and selling love oh yeah right and 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 also in addition to that there are some people who have a trend towards gosh we really need to brand our church and and like that becomes their focus and having like sort of you can borrow from what uh consumer culture teaches there are certain things that they've revealed about what works to appeal to people and stuff like that that's not inherently bad but if that becomes your focus and that's is how you start thinking we got we got to brand this we got to sell the church so to speak you're gonna have a room full of people who are there with consumer hearts and that's it and a good formula and that's why we go back to the basics of love right uh and that is god is love right and so so that's 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 true um, now, in that same vein, if you've got, uh, I'm sorry, if love cannot be bought and sold, then love is also never earned or deserved, mm-hmm. right? We have to understand that love is a free gift. Always love is freely given. It's never something like, well, you owe me this love because I did the dishes or because I bought you these flowers or because whatever, uh, or because I have a lot of money or because whatever you've done, you you can't create love, right? It's not man-made. It's not bought. It's not. It's not sold. It's not uh, purchased. It's not earned. It's not deserved. Mm-hmm. It's free. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's always being poured down. The question is, are we going to co-op receive it? Are we going to cooperate with it? Yes. <laughs> no. Exactly. No. Exactly. Right. It, it, it love rains down upon us. Yeah. I mean, literally, like rain. If God is love and God is ever-present, then how he's ever-present is in love. So God is present in Eucharist. That's love. Mm -hmm. Eucharist is love. Confession is love. All the sacraments are love, essentially, right? starting with the sacrament of baptism. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reasons why I think it's uh, Paul's line in the Ephesians 6, where it's very subtle, but I think it's very deep. He says, Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the powers and principalities of hell. So this brings us back to, if you've got flesh and blood in your midst... The call is to love them. It may not look how the world teaches, right? But the call is to love them. The call is not to, if there's a battle to be had, it's not with the person that God has placed in your midst. It's with the evil one. It's with the enemy. So we're going down this list of things love is not, and we're kind of countering with what love actually is, but what the world would tell us. But love is also not uh, an indulgence or sinful or extravagant. And even though we see the commercials every Valentine's Day about you know, having a sinful indulgence, you know, whether it's chocolate or lingerie or whatever it is, and, and you have big big red hearts and things that are associated with that, and you give this to your loved one, then then love can actually take on kind of an air of, uh, of sinfulness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, that's not love. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that love uh, does not involve romance. Because it does. Right. And it doesn't involve chocolates or whatever. I'm just saying that when we separate those things from what love actually is, then then love becomes temptation, mm-hmm. right? And that's bad. I saw a uh, newspaper article that really touched my heart. You know, husbands and wives 
are supposed to, yes, love one another, but in so doing, witness the kingdom to each other and to the world, right? And I saw there was a, a groom at a wedding hit where, uh, I think he was Catholic, uh, he was concerned, he just didn't really like the tradition and what it communicated of taking the wife's garter off uh, as and throwing it to the crowd. He just felt like it was contrary to her dignity and, and to uh, the dignity of her body and her, her modesty. And so what he decided that the Christian response would be, he washed her feet. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. I think he's a suck up. Because now my wife sees that and goes like, why did you wash my feet? <laughs> right. But I think it's an important and like a takeaway from this show should be like, we need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And that includes right. what the world's trying to feed us. What can we do that's countercultural? What can we that's do with that right messaging? There. Stop it and then witness what love yeah. actually is. Yeah, so let's talk about I mean, real quick. We only have a few minutes left, but really love is what it is. I mean, I think about like the, the, the four things required for, for marriage. Mm. Full, free, faithful, and fruitful. I mean, this is what love is. Love, love is. love is good. Love is self-sacrificial. The work of martyrs, right? Love is willing the good of the other over your own desires. Love is unconditional. Love is eternal. We already mentioned that a little bit. It's patient. It's kind. Exactly. All those things, right? <laughs> Right, and, and essentially, what it it all can be boiled down to: love is God, mm-hmm. because Deus caritas est. God is love, mm-hmm. and so if we seek God, we're seeking love. If we live in love, then we're living in God, and then we go right back to what Jesus is telling us about loving one another as I love you. That no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, we are called to love. We are we are made for love. By a God that loves, by a God who is love. And so when we know true love, we know God. And that's what God asks of each of us. It's what he calls us to. And it's what the, it's the, the thing the world doesn't want you to know. It's right, it's that social media post that says, uh, you know, here's what the world doesn't want you to know. Here's here's what the IRS doesn't want. Here's what the whatever the big uh, you know credit card companies don't want you to know this secret. Well, the world doesn't want you to know that love is full, free, faithful, fruitful. That lo- that love is unconditional. That love is good and love is beautiful. And that love is incarnational. Incarnational, so we love with our bodies as well as our souls, right? And that's why it's important that Jesus was incarnate, yeah. Right? That 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 Deus Caritas S. God is love, took on flesh, so basically consecrating all of our flesh. How beautiful is that? God Ooh, is love. Beautiful. That's what love is. All right, and so that's what we need to focus on. Sorry, Tina Turner, you're just a little off base, but we love you anyway. And so let's ask the, let's, let's ask Mary to be with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our, our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.